It's almost a year to the day since the first lockdown and many businesses are still closed. Some of those businesses are now examining their business interruption insurance coverage to see what extent they can recover their losses, if at all. I'm Janelle O'Cleary, a partner in the Litigation Dispute Resolution Investigations team here in Arthur Cox. In this episode, we're going to discuss business interruption insurance and the widely reported High Court decision concerning FBD. I'd be joined by my colleagues Richard Willis and Mick Toomey, who are also partners in our Litigation Dispute Resolution Investigations team, and Jennifer McCarthy, our head of our insurance and reinsurance team. So hello to all of you, and now where to start? I suppose business interruption insurance has commanded much attention across all the media over the last number of months, with the FBD decision in particular featuring prominently in the headlines. And no doubt our listeners are familiar with the case, essentially four pubs brought a legal action against FBD after it informed them that the losses they suffered as a result of the COVID-19 closures were not covered by their business interruption insurance. The High Court recently found in favour of the pubs, And since then, there have been calls in many quarters for insurers to pay out on foot of these policies. But before we get into the detail of that, perhaps we'll look a little more about what the High Court said. Richard, can you take us through this? Delighted to, Janelle. Um, The High Court said that a policy sold by FBD, which has been specifically designed for publicans, does in fact cover the pub's losses when they had to close due to the pandemic. And FBD is contractually obliged to compensate the pub owners for the losses they have suffered. Uh, The case centred around the meaning of the particular clause in the insurance policy, and FBD argued that the clause didn't provide pandemics cover and that it was never intended to do so. Yes, Richard, and I think it's worth quoting the clause in question. It's not too long. It provides that FBD would indemnify the pubs for losses caused. And I quote, as a result of the business being affected by imposed closure of the premises by order of the local or government authority, following outbreaks of contagious or infectious diseases on the premises or within 25 miles. Yes, in summary, FBD argued that it should not have to pay out on the policy as the pubs were not closed as a result of an outbreak of COVID on their premises or in their localities, but rather they were forced to close due to the government-imposed nationwide lockdown. Ultimately, the court did not accept FBD's argument and held that the policies provided cover where the business interruption, in this case the closure, was prompted by nationwide outbreaks of the disease, provided there was an outbreak within a 25-mile radius and that the outbreak was one of the causes of the closure. Both sides raised very technical arguments on the principles of contractual interpretation, and in his decision, Judge MacDonald looks in detail at the relevant principles and you will find our analysis of that on our website. There are still some issues uh, that have to be determined, so we haven't heard the last of this case yet. Indeed, and we'll come back to those remaining issues shortly. But significantly, FBD confirmed last week that it's not appealing the decision. Indeed, that's right. And as you say, this is significant because while there were only four cases before the court, the decision directly affects approximately 1,300 publicans who purchased the same policy from FBD which is the FBD public house insurance policy. And I believe that FBD has confirmed that it will make interim payments to those affected pending a resolution on the issue of quantum. It's hard to put a figure on it at this stage, but reports do suggest that the final costs for FBD may be upwards in the region of 60 million. And as Judge MacDonald said in his judgment, and I quote, it is hoped that the ultimate outcome of these cases will assist in the resolution of a large number of similar claims. 
Now, obviously, not all policies will be worded the same. And Judge McDonald's decision was based on the particular policy before him. But there is an expectation following the FBD decision, and indeed also on the back of the UK Supreme Court decision in the FCA test case, that insurers will take a pro-customer approach in their interpretation of the policies. Is that the expectation coming from the central bank? Jennifer, perhaps you might come in on this. Thanks, Janelle. And yes, that uh, has been and continues to be the expectation of the bank since the the outset of the the pandemic. Um, And Governor Matloff was very quick to publicly state following the High Court decision that the central bank will not hesitate to take action against insurers where it's of the view that valid cover exists and insurers are not paying out. Um, As we know, the bank has now analysed more than 250 policy types across more than 30 insurers from a legal and a regulatory perspective to determine whether the cover provided under each policy should operate in the specific circumstances of COVID-19 and has communicated clearly with insurers where the bank's view of cover and causation does not coincide with theirs. Um, And so prior to the judgment, as a result of this supervisory intervention, a number of insurers had already accepted and started settling claims during the past year. And really, I suppose the bank views the High Court decision as reinforcing what has already been its position. Jennifer, I know you discussed in a previous podcast that the framework is very consumer centric and that overall it places a heavy burden on insurers and indeed board of directors and senior management as regards the handling of business interrupter insurance claims and wider COVID related claims. Yes, that's right, Janelle. It certainly does. And to add to what I previously said, the bank's legal and regulatory analysis of the 250 policies that it undertook last year demonstrates that the bank is taking into account broader considerations than strict legal interpretation. And its focus is, perhaps unsurprisingly, very much on treating customers fairly as opposed to the strict terms of the contract. Jeanette, it's probably worth noting here that all of this chimes with what Governor Macleod said in his speech in January of this year, in which he outlined that one of the central bank's key work programmes for 2021 is the adoption of a customer-focused approach by insurers to the resolution of business interruption issues arising from COVID-19, and indeed also more generally, the review of the Consumer Protection Code. Thanks, Richard. Do you think the insurance sector is looking at possible enforcement investigations here, similar to the tracker mortgage investigations with the banks? Well, it certainly can't be ruled out. And I think the central bank investigations team could certainly leverage their tracker experience into the insurance and indeed other financial services sectors in due course. Interesting. I know you and others in Arthur Cox are well acquainted with the uh, tracker investigations. Getting back, though, to the FBD decision, Mick, are there certain issues still before the courts? And can you maybe talk us through what's left to be decided? That's right, Janelle. There's a bit left to be dealt with in the case. Uh, It was back in court the week before last where both sides made their arguments on the parameters of FBD's cover. You remember when the restrictions were eased last year, the so-called wet pubs were allowed to open, subject to adhering to social distancing, placing time limits on how long a customer can stay uh, and all of that. And there's now an issue in the case as to whether those measures impact on the extent of the cover FBD must provide. Essentially, the pubs are arguing that the policy covers any imposed closure, including a partial closure, and that nowhere in the policy does it say that the pub must be completely shut for cover to be triggered. As against that, the FBD argument is that closure of a premises must mean the closure of the entire premises, 
and that the pubs can't in reality say that they were closed last summer when in fact many of them were open with people attending inside, uh, albeit at a reduced capacity. It does seem that FBD has conceded that where a pub was only able to serve takeaway drinks, cover should not be impacted. But there isn't any agreement as to whether a pub that allowed outdoor-only drinking can be said to have been closed, or whether a dry pub that stayed closed should have mitigated its losses by, for example, introducing a food offering. There's a separate issue then as to how the court should assess the position the pubs would have been in had they not been forced to close due to the pandemic. So should the court disregard the global effect of COVID from its assessment, in which case pubs that rely heavily on, on international tourism might recover less, or should it only disregard the effect of COVID within Ireland? Mick, do we have any indication yet when the court might rule on these issues? We do. Uh, Judge MacDonald has said that he hopes to deliver a decision in early April. And then there's a whole final phase of the case regarding the issue of quantum, though we understand the parties are in ongoing discussions on that issue, and it's possible that they may be able to resolve this as between themselves. While that's likely to mean that a lot of business interruption disputes may now be resolved without having to resort to litigation, are there some cases still making their way through the courts? That's right, Janelle. Yeah, there's there's at least one hospitality group of which we are aware that has issued proceedings against its insurers. Uh, and that case is currently before the commercial court. Uh, and actually, Judge MacDonald is dealing with that as well. There's also talk of a number of restaurants issuing proceedings against various insurers, with the Restaurants Association of Ireland being the driving force uh, in that instance. That association has said that insurers are refusing to pay out on foot of business combined policies, which they say provide cover in theory where there's an outbreak of disease on a premises. And there's, there's a suggestion that the central bank may be joined as a notice party to, to some of those cases. So that's another one to watch uh, if it does progress to litigation. And actually on, on a somewhat related point, the UK Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, has recently published guidance for policyholders and insurers on proving the presence of COVID-19 in business interruption insurance claims. That guidance is, we believe, based on the judgment and declarations of the English High Court in in test litigation brought by the FCA. uh, And it sets out the types of evidence and, and methodologies policyholders can use in their business interruption claims. Yes, that certainly is worth looking at. Uh, Jennifer, before we close, do you anticipate that the decision will have a long-term impact on the insurance sector generally? I suppose it's not yet known what the full fallout of the litigation will be. Um, Several insurers uh, have reacted by amending their policies to remove any potential cover against the risk of another pandemic. In the future, it may be difficult to get cover for pandemics at all, or insurers may capitalise on the opportunity and offer the cover as an expensive add-on. Um, But there is, of course, a broader question of the knock-on effect of the court's interpretation of these provisions on disputes on policy interpretation more generally. Of course, and I expect we are going to see a lot of activity in this space. Thank you again to my colleagues, Richard, Mick and Jennifer, and to our listeners. If you have any questions on anything that we've discussed in this podcast today, please don't hesitate to make contact with us. You can also find briefings on this topic on our website including a detailed analysis of the High Court decision in the FBD case and also an analysis of the UK Supreme Court decision in the FCA case. Thank you for listening and goodbye for now.